Dancing with Skeletons is sponsored by Fresno Music Academy and Arts. Come join us. And if you're in the Fresno area and you're looking to take music lessons, you can come and take singing lessons, drum lessons, guitar, piano. It's a great, wonderful place. You can call us at 559-222-7464 or you can visit our website. Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Okay. Hi, Debbie. Hello, Liz. How are you today? Well, I'm a little... You have a little owie. I have an owie, <laughs> so I'm a little discouraged because I really enjoy my little running that I do, and yeah. I'm going to be unable to do that and maybe even unable to be in my tap dancing recital. <gasps> no. That's oh, the worst part. That is the worst part. So I'm, I mean, the other day... I couldn't, I went to class, but I didn't participate, but she handed out our costumes and I kind of marked my part. Like I got in my place right. for our routine and, but I, I can't do it. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it or not. I mean, if it heals in two weeks and if I can remember how to do it without doing it, yeah, kind of doing it in my head, I mean, I might be able to get through it, but. So it's your ankle. It's my ankle. And you don't, and there was no injury? It just started hurting. It just started hurting. Yeah. So I got an x-ray this morning, and, you know, I guess it's just an old person injury. <laughs> is really what it's going to boil down to. <laughs> well, like I said, did you step on a toothpick? Because that's what I'm still living <laughs> I, I with, is a toothpick are. floating in my I foot. I don't know so how no, you're so there's doing no, that. there's no toothpick in your foot, so. No. So, yeah. And he could see nothing. I okay. mean, the x-ray okay. really showed nothing. Okay. So I probably, if it if it continues to hurt, I'm going to have to get an MRI and see if there's something else going on. But he told me to take a lot of vitamin D. Well, that can't hurt. So. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, women of a certain age need to make sure that we are taking our vitamin D and our calcium. And yeah. <laughs> Keeping those bones you know, strong. Well, and as I was leaving there, I, I kind of, I mean, I'm obviously bummed out that I can't, you know, do my activities that I like to do. But I think also, I think there's like grieving a little bit of like not being young anymore. Like I'm not young anymore. Yeah. Just, I mean, reality is that as old as we are, yeah. it's like our, our, our young days are done. That doesn't mean we don't feel young or act young, but physically, like, you can only do so much after, you know, it, your body just starts to defy you. Well, now I'm depressed. I'm Not, gonna, okay, so let's, let's just, just quit. Let's just quit and go home. <laughs> <laughs> just be old. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. No. You know, I do remember walking into my, my mother had a birthday a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was, it might have been her 80th. And so she had a little gathering, you know, at her home. This, of course, is all pre-COVID. Right. And I walked in and I, you know, this was a couple of years ago. So I would have been, I don't know, 50, 
56, you know, 57, whatever. And, um, and I walked in and I just remember one of the people just going, oh my gosh, look at how, look at you. When I was your age, I was already old. (laughs) And I think, you know, my grandmother died at like age 60 and she was old from the time I was a little girl. Yeah. No, I mean, and you can be like a young, old person. Yeah. Or an old young person, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and and so I yeah. do feel like I'm a younger, older person, but I still felt like, gosh darn it, you but know, our bodies do our, uh, tell the, our correct age. <laughs> <laughs> they do. So anyway, well, I'm glad you're here, but I'm here, and I'm and I'm grateful to be here. So. Yeah, but I wanted to go away. So I've been thinking a lot about leadership. That has been heavy on my mind. What kind of leader I want to be, mm-hmm. what kind of leader I want to work for. Mm-hmm. And you are a leader of a number of little mm-hmm. en- entities or groups yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So you have yeah, been yeah. the leader of a choir at a church, mm-hmm. a community choir, a business, mm-hmm. um, of course, a mom. Mm-hmm. What are your, and of course, we've watched in the last four years as we've experienced um, a leader that half the country approved of and half the country did not. Right. Um, Which, to be fair, nothing gets done if we all agree. Right. So disagreeing is the way to get things done. And and making sure that we invest in people's talents and the way they do things and all that kind of stuff. Because certainly if we had a whole bunch of passive people. Yeah. That's true. Nothing would ever get done. That's very true. So how has your leadership style changed um, as your business has grown? Mm -hmm. So over the last four or five months, I've been taking um, a class, a leadership class, actually, with a um, friend of ours Mm -hmm. in our community. And um, he does something called Core Leaders Network. And so it's a small group of people who... um, either are a leader in their job or or a pastor perhaps or some kind of leader and so it's the idea behind the the class was to develop and kind of discover what your strengths and weaknesses are as a leader and kind of figuring out what your core values are so that you can lead from those okay and um so so as I've been doing that, um, I think, because I've never really thought about being a leader, per se. You've just, like, uh, you started this business, and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, now we're just going to run the business. Yeah, but I've, you don't... I, I've never really perceived myself, like, as a boss or, right, right, right. you know. Um, so I've had to, I've kind of had to reshape my thinking about my own, you know, who I am. And, I mean, the reality is, is that I am a leader. Right. Um, so You're a boss. and I am a boss. Yeah. And um so for me what's been helpful, super helpful in the last 4 or 5 months is kind of defining what my core values are and it's not that I didn't know what they were, but it was more affirming and like validating for myself. Okay. Um being able to look back at at decisions I made and go, you know what? I that I did that from the core of who I am and so my integrity is intact. I'm trying to make decisions as a leader that 
go with your core values so that you're not going against yourself, so to speak. Okay. You know, right. and, and, and you hear politicians talking about how a lot of times there's all this pressure on them to make decisions that go against kind of who they are. And they almost, they know they're doing it, but they don't know how to not do it because they don't, because they want the votes. And so they're in a bind, right. like good people. Mm-hmm. get in this bind. And I think bosses get in binds too, you know, mm-hmm. and, and for me, I want everybody here in this business to be happy. At the same time, it's a business, you know, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a hard, the it, hard decisions. Yeah. Sometimes, the it's, hard choices. A, it's a fun business. Yeah. But I, I, I've come to understand that I don't necessarily like being the person who has to say, you know what, I need you to come in. Like, I need you here. Like, please, I need you to come here. Yeah. You know, so during COVID, so we've been having, you know, this struggle, I'll say, because we've got teachers who have compromised health who are nervous to actually come back in and be physically here. Right. But our... Because so many of your classes have been taught on Zoom. Yeah, yeah, we've been Zooming. And so, but our county has... We're down in a tier of the of the um, severity severity of the, of the transmission, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So so you know we've been given the go ahead to go ahead and open and do what we need to do, and so I've had to you know make some phone calls and say, I I, I love you, I respect you, I want to honor you, and. I need you to come in, (laughs) you know, and And and, please feel free to wear a mask. Please feel free to, you know, put up a shower curtain between you and and your students and all that kind of stuff, which you, which you Mm -hmm. have. Right. And, and and we're actually going to incentivize our people. They don't necessarily know this yet. So any of you teachers (laughs) who might be listening, you're going to get a little bonus if we know you've been vaccinated. Oh, I love it. And so um, that's, that's also too a thing, you know, we figured out that, you know, by law, we, we, we can ask, we could insist that everybody get vaccinated, but we're not going to do that. We're going to encourage them to. But, but you can do that by law? Yeah, you okay. can. I mean, like I could say, if you're for, not willing, for your company, for your private if you're not company. willing to get vaccinated, then I'm not going to, you know, I mean, I can do that. I don't want to do that though. Right, we don't right. want to do that. So that's just a really good example of a place for my own self and my own values that feels very hard because I don't want to make anybody do anything. I don't, that's not who I am. Well, and at your core, you're, you're a performer. Mm -hmm. You are a a joy giver. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not the, you're not somebody who relishes. um, No, I don't mean. (laughs) And I, it's just, I'm not, you know, and, and so, so yeah, so there's been some stuff that's been tricky for, for me personally Mm -hmm. being a boss. And I, you know, I've talked to Allison about it a little bit, our office manager. We've right. we've had a discussion because part of my homework in my um leadership in class. my leadership class was to ask, Well, hey, how am I doing as a boss? Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Were you nervous to do that? Or um, I mean you have a pretty good relationship. Yeah. That's I, one thing that I, I was, really appreciate around here is that you do have a personal relationship with your employees, yeah. even if like, I know one that you had to let go a couple of years ago. And it's still, when you see her, it's yeah. still lovely. Yeah. You're not no, angry and not, neither is she. You know, right. it's, yeah. yeah. So, um, Allison gave me good, you know, 
good constructive things. She gave me some positive things. She gave me some things that she felt like I could do better. And okay. so it was good, nice. you know, and, and I think that's another thing of being a leader, though, is being willing to listen to what people are saying so that I can be a better person and a better leader. And, you know, and I think listening is a super important element to, to being a leader. Um, I want to be a better one. You know, I know that I have some work to do. So yeah. in our choir, you know, that's a bunch of volunteer, but I still have to try to be the ship rudder and try to, and sometimes it's hard. Well, and the rehearsal is only an hour and a half. It's it's very short. Okay, it's a 90-minute rehearsal. Yep. And if we're late, and I uh, admit that I have been late, but if we're late, it really is difficult for everybody. Yeah. Because now you're disrupting, now you're trying to find a chair. Right. And you've missed warming up. Right. And so I, it's... It, well, it's and, not fair to anybody. But people in there too all love each other, and so they're <laughs> chatty and they want to talk. It's like, they want to catch up. They want to catch up, and you know, so you know, it, it's been. Um, Whenever you start choir back up again, and you have people back in this facility, uh, honestly, you're going to have to allow for the first two uh, weeks know. just to be visiting. Well, we catching had a, up. We had a little meeting yesterday. Forgiveness for some of the things yeah, yeah, that yeah. some of us have said. Yeah, online. <laughs> Yeah, we had we had a meeting. We're 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 doing it, May nineteenth, baby. Nice. We're we're gonna nice. we're gonna meet. And so um, again, you know, I can't I can't insist that people be vaccinated, but I I can't even really because it's volunteer. I don't know that I I can even I can't say are you vaccinated, but I can say if you would like to let me know that you have been. You are free to do so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, this, this COVID thing has made leadership strategies a little bit different and a little bit more interesting and right. tricky. So, right. um, well, you've been a leader because you've been a director. I have. I've been a director. And I was thinking earlier about um, what kind of a director and stuff I've been. And certainly because I've been doing it for so many years, mm -hmm. I've had some of my students grow up and go on and do other things. Right. And some of them have contacted me and let me know how valuable their time with me was well, yeah. and how much they appreciated me. Um, I know that when I directed for you a little mermaid a couple of years ago one of the there was feedback uh, you know afterwards mm -hmm. and several of the kids wrote down what they liked about the experience what they didn't like about the experience and I remember one kid said I liked blah 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 I didn't like when Miss Liz yelled at me yeah. <laughs> and I'm like did I yell at him what is he talking about but I uh, of course, of course, I probably yelled at the whole group saying, you it is time for us to get on stage. You probably did. <laughs> you know, I probably did. Yeah. And so absolutely. And, you know, I think that that's one thing about being a leader is that sometimes you have students who or adults who are out of control. Well, who are out of control and you have to rein them in and yeah. you have to figure out how to do that. So there's that. But you also have to understand some of their thresholds. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people are very good at being yelled at. I mean, I've been yep. directed by directors. Oh, I can remember a time I was yelled at by a director. <laughs> was it me? No. Oh, okay. Um, no. But 
I, you know, I know that I have worked with directors who are just, you know, carved in stone. This is what you're going to do. And if you don't do it, then get off my stage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they can be very, very hardcore because they have a vision, vision, yeah, of how they want it. And then you have some directors that are like, well, if you could try. Yeah. (laughs) To just move a little bit that way. And I'm like, uh, okay, just, okay, I'll, I'll move, you know? Yeah. And so some of them are very passive and some of them are very aggressive. And so we definitely have different leadership styles. Mm-hmm. But we also have to understand what motivates the people under our leadership. Right. And so if this particular kid that I worked with is not going to receive being yelled at, mm-hmm. as I put in quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then I need to figure out another way to reach him and to make sure that he feels safe. Right. You know. I do. Do the right thing and do what he's being asked to do, but at the same time feel safe. Right. And the same thing happens as a mom. You know, you can't punish all of your kids in the exact same way. Right, because you know, they respond to different different tones of voice even and right. such so yeah right so you have to get to know your your team yeah. and a good leader gets to know your team mm-hmm. you know we understand uh, and and that doesn't mean you acquiesce that doesn't mean you're right. a short order cook right. and and you right. do things 50 different ways for 50 different people right but um there's nothing wrong with with kind of getting to know your team right. i think I think here at at, um, at our school here, um, a lot of the folks that we've hired are people who I would consider my very personal friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we belong to this music school club uh, that I've talked about a little bit on our podcast. We just went to our conference. conference and, yeah. you know... Uh, a lot of the schools that are in our little club would never hire their friend because because of kind of what I've been saying that then it puts me in a position of having to be a boss and a friend and so it could be awkward potentially awkward for me so it's more it's it's more you know that they wouldn't hire a friend because it could potentially put their friendship at stake and so but I I because I don't perceive myself as a boss. Yeah. I've never even even thought about anything like that. Now, would I think about that in the future? Yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. You know, that now that we've been in that a couple of years and it's like, okay, well maybe maybe that is a wise thing to not hire people that, you know, you know really well and love very much. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of people here who work here who I feel that way about. And so you know, and I think I think that they understand that too, coming from their end and understand kind of the maybe awkward position I could potentially be in mm-hmm. to say, you know, like I mean this this isn't true with any of the people that I'm talking about, but I know like let's say one of them was late all the time. Right. And you know, and I had to say, "Hey, <laughs> you know, because I what if I knew why that person was late?" Because maybe they had a kid that they need, you know, and I knew that because they're my friend. And so that I'm going to be softer on them than I would on somebody else. And so it's just could be, 
you know. All... It can be. And on the other side of that is that you, because you're an artist, mm-hmm. and so much of the time when we're artists and we spend time with people it's... that we get to know people that are super good at their job. Right. And so if we want to hire the best, so much of it is these people that we know yeah. who we've worked right. with before That's who right. are our friends. That's right. You and know, every single one of them. I, I love to death and I love that they're here and I right. adore them all. So right. all of our teachers, I mean, so it, yeah, it's just, it's, it's tricky for me, quite honestly. You, I, I, and I so has the leadership class been beneficial for it, you? It has. has it given has, you it power? Has, has it given well, you authority or just it ha- knowledge? It hasn't given me authority. I, I, I don't, I won't say that word, but what it has done is it's validated it's validated who I am and my leadership style and that it's okay that I have the style that I have and that I'm not really hard nosed and I don't have really strong boundaries and that I'm a different kind of, and I, that's how I am as a voice teacher too. I'm not like a stickler on technique and duh, 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 like a lot of teachers are. I'm way more free and, um, and organically figuring stuff out and how can I help you? And I'm, I I don't have like a regimen that I'm going to put you on. And, you know, it's just so I do operate out of who I really am and kind of my, my core values. And so, yeah, this class has taught me that it's okay that I am that and that that's not bad. You know, one of the, one, an interesting study that was done, I have been teaching, you know, I've been working as a teacher for the past 20 years or so. And usually I teach theater, sometimes dance um, in the public school. Sometimes I work with kids with special needs. Sometimes I work with the general population. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I've directed shows, all that kind of stuff. So I remember going to a teacher's conference uh, one time a few years ago and learning about teaching kids who have strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And of course, as humans, we all have our strengths all, and weaknesses. Yeah, right. So some teachers will focus on the weakness and try to make that better. So if a kid is really good at art, but really bad at math, we're just going to spend all of our time focusing on the math and get them better, right. bring them up to snuff, right? Then there's the other thought is, well, how about if you just focus on the things that they're good at and allow them to be successful right. in that and then allow the other the other stuff to kind of come along? And it turns out that that's actually the better way to motivate mm-hmm. because when you focus on a person's um, weaknesses – Yes, they can get better in those areas. But you know the places where they're strong gets no better. Right. Well, it, and it just it just stagnates. Right. And oftentimes I I think we see that in our school system. I think you've got all these kids and a lot of them are more artistically and creatively kind of bent. Right. And those areas kind of get glossed over and then they become young adults and now they've kind of left that part 
of themselves behind. I mean, you know, and gotten more and more nervous about it. Cause you mm-hmm. know, when you've, when you're four years old, you, you have make-believe friends, you play. I mean, my grandson will run up to me and say, Nona, let's pretend that I'm a Tyrannosaurus Rex and you're, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. And so he'll tell me what, what, I, what my character is. And uh, so we'll play. But you know, he, he has, he has no problem pretending. Right. And he's not afraid of that. He's not intimidated by that. But you know that, I mean, I know because I work with students so much of the time, I know that by the time they go to school, they get self-conscious and they get Mm self-conscious and people start teasing them and they make fun of them. And, you know, all that kind of stuff sort of happens. And a lot of that comes from jealousy or just simply not understanding. And so we don't want that to happen. We want our play, our ability to play. We want that never to go away. We want, you know, all of that. So I I remember, though, I worked with a particular student and and I might have shared this story, but uh, he was a particular student who was struggling vocally. Um, He was pitchy. He was a young man who hadn't come into his adult voice yet, right? Okay. So he's so right in that middle When you're 11, spot. 12, 13 years <clears throat> old and yep. you're a boy especially, there's that awkward space with your voice. Yeah. And so he was uh, not 100% consistent when it came to singing, mm-hmm. but he kicked butt in acting and especially comedy he was very very funny okay he was very funny so i directed him in a in a in a production of joseph and the amazing technicolor dreamcoat and so it was all kids between the ages of about eight and 16 and this particular young man did not get the role of joseph he wanted and he very much wanted it okay so he called me on the phone and said miss liz for my whole life, all I've ever wanted oh. is to be Joseph. Oh. And, you know, when a child is 12 or 13, you're thinking... Your whole life? Your whole life? That's <laughs> yeah. not very much. But what I said was, you know what? I get it. I get it. But here's what I know. I know that you are an incredibly strong actor. You're a leader. You've been in this theater company now for a few years. And I need you to be a leader. I need you to lead those other kids. You know, the ones who are playing the brothers. Mm -hmm. I need you to lead them and be an example to them. I need you to come out and be funny. I need you to rock this song that I've given you. I, you know, because you're so good at it. Joseph... He's a he's a big character, but really he's kind of one or two dimensional. He's not really right. multi dimensional, right? You know, Joseph comes out, he sings, oh. and then he leaves. You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> and but the brothers, they have so much to do, and so I just told them, "Come on, this is this is where I need you, and where you're going to shine, and I'm trusting you to be a leader." In this particular and did show, he, did he step up? Well, he ended up by saying, "Thank you, Miss Liz." Aww. You know, he ended up thanking me for not giving him his part. Yeah, but he absolutely stepped up. And let me tell you this: he went on to have a career in as a singer and an actor. Wow! And he got so you know because we were building on his strengths, mm-hmm. right? And and you know when you're an artist and you get up in front of the in front of an audience and you bomb mm-hmm. that can affect you for the rest of your life it really can 
And I don't care if that stage is your elementary school stage mm-hmm. or your little church stage mm-hmm. or just a family event. Right. If you bomb, that sticks with you forever. Well, especially if people let you know that you have. <laughs> <laughs> and and take every opportunity uh, to, to remind to, you to, that to you bombed. To tell you how bad you were. You know what, sweetheart? You probably shouldn't sing. Why don't you pick <coughs> up? Why don't you try art? Yeah, I heard you? that. I heard that a few times because my mom is a singer and so were her friends. So, of course, I, you know, I heard the lids, you know, I, they would shush me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, so so I know that when we encourage a child, especially in their strengths, mm-hmm. let me tell you what, their weaknesses are going to come up. Yeah. And the same thing happens in a if you're the CEO of a company, yeah. if you focus on your employees' strengths exactly, and you try to find where they are, where they're good, and where they can flourish, and what they can bring to the mm-hmm. table, then any weaknesses that you're concerned about will also right. come up. Well, for, for us, the, the good thing about this small little company is that everybody's strength is is the same. Everyone's a really great musician and really good at being a teacher. Right. So we try to give them an environment and that's a, this comes, you know, in in the category of being a leader between myself and my husband and Allison and our office staff, we try to provide the teachers the environment and the ease of just showing up and being an awesome teacher. Right. And you know, well, and even though they're all very good teachers and they're all very good musicians, they don't all have the same teaching style. They do not. They do not. And that's kind of the beauty of this school is that, you know, everybody's different. And the other thing about this school that's different is that, you know, we we take little kids. So we're we're the kind of school that, you know, parents want to find if they just want to put their kid in piano lessons just to add music to their life, you know, maybe they'll play the rest of their life. Maybe they won't. Mm-hmm. But to just provide, you know, an opportunity to learn something else while they're in school or we have, you know, just all kinds of people here. We don't necessarily have people who are training for Broadway. Right, right, right. That's just not what this school is. Well, and the great thing about this school, too, and schools like this, is that they learn uh, their strengths that they didn't even know that they had. Right. I remember one of your students who was only 10 or 11 when we first got him, and he was very tall, first of all, for his age. So he looked older than Mm -hmm. he actually was. And he was very quiet. Yeah. He would barely open his mouth, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm at the back of the auditorium. I need to hear you. You need to be louder. Yeah. And he says, oh, okay. You know, it was very hard for him yeah. until, like, final dress. Right. And all of a sudden, this kid just <laughs> exploded. And, um, and you know, and he's continued to take voice with you. Yeah. And he's continued to grow. Yeah. Um, and he's continued to explode. And I know even his family was like, what? What did you create here? Because yeah. we had no idea that this was inside of them. So this is what good leaders can do. And, you know, I have worked for a number of really awful leaders. I mean, just really bad mm-hmm. leaders. Um, 
And a lot of them have been in the, I mean, to be quite honest, in the Christian environment where they sort of have the opinion that, you know, God put them in authority over me, so you just need to do it my way. Right. You know, as opposed to um, understanding who I am or appreciating what I can bring to the table. Right. And those environments have been very, very difficult. I've really only had, well, that's probably not true. I can think of two. similarly in the Christian environment. So And there are people who have a book called It's kind of sad. There there are people who would have books called Lead Like Jesus on the on the bookshelf, which is a book that a lot of Christian organizations will make their leaders read. Lead like Jesus. And every time I see that book on a shelf, I'm thinking, huh. So I'm just wondering (laughs) what about how you lead just wondering is like Jesus I'm just kind of I'm just going to ask um <laughs> but you know when you think about how Jesus led you know whether you believe in the Christian story or not you know there's a lot that has been written about Jesus mm-hmm. and about his style of leadership yeah. and he definitely he had 12 employees yeah he had 12, yeah <laughs> for, he had 12 yeah. guys who came from many and varied backgrounds, backgrounds mm-hmm. brought completely different um, uh, strengths to the table. Mm-hmm. That is so true. that's number one. Number two, he had a lot of women. He was surrounded by women mm-hmm. who did a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. And he gave them the authority to do that. Yes, he did. And they would go on before... I mean, we're talking, you know, we're talking over 2,000 years ago, so we're talking well before women's lib. (laughs) Well before. (laughs) So he gave women jobs. He gave them authority. I think it's interesting how so many churches overlook that. Absolutely. And one little detail. Well, and churches have, you know, the woman at the well, which he went and talked to. First of all, he wasn't supposed to talk to her because of the culture. But after he was done talking with her, he said, okay, now go tell people what you've learned here today. In other words, he, he ordained her as the very first evangelist. Yes, he did. So go, go and preach, right? Go and teach. Go tell people what you've learned here. And yet we, yet the Christian church, oh my gosh, up until just fairly recently, has kind of poo-pooed women at the, on the pulpit. That's right. I know. That's just very sad. It's very sad. So uh, that's number one. And Brene Brown also does a lot of, um, of, of leadership kind of you know, studies and she does her podcast and, and she'll go and she'll speak to um, mm-hmm. you know, big organizations and well, stuff. Well, I was going to say, you know, because I'm a leader of a choir and I, I did lead a small little church choir and then I'm a leader here, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to be a, you know, literal leader to be a leader. Right. You know, you can you can be a leader just by being who you are. Yes. And yes. and by just living your life in the way that is good and right for you and with integrity and treating people kindly Mm -hmm. people notice that stuff Mm -hmm. people notice it you know and and even that i think is kind of is is being a leader how how do you want to be what kind of example do you want to set 
what kind of, you know, what if if what do what do people say when you're not around about you? You know, hopefully they say. Hopefully, sometimes you're like, oh, I know, do I, I know. want to know? But yeah, that Debbie, she complains a lot. <laughs> Well, and and I think the last, you know, COVID for sure has has kind of taught us a little bit about, you know, who we want to be when people aren't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when when people aren't looking. Yeah. Who, who are who and, are you? When and when I walk looking. into a, a, a grocery store, I have a mask on, not because I'm necessarily afraid, or not because I am, you know, acquiescing to some sort of, you know, right. global threat yeah. to my <laughs> independence. Yeah. Um, but just because I care mm-hmm. about other people and I want to make sure that I am not only protecting myself, but I'm protecting them as right. well. You're being respectful. Yeah. And so that's the same kind of thing as in my job that I've had for the last, I don't know, six years or so. I have been a, um, a sub aid, right, for mm-hmm. kids with special needs. And so I'm at a lot of different schools and a lot of different campuses throughout the year um, until the virus. But I've been at a lot right. of different and kids from babies all the way to young adults. Mm-hmm. And I have, you know, I just am like, I'm going to just walk in here and I am not going to complain. And I have been spit on. I've been punched. I've been hit. I've been hit over the head. I've been punched in the back. I've been pooped on. I've been vomited on. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if the teacher says, hey, I need you to, you know, change a diaper or I need you to walk with Mm -hmm. the student around the campus, I do it. Not because I... Um, you know, I'm getting paid a whole lot of money because that is not the case. <laughs> right. But because you're right, I am not the boss, but this is my opportunity to be a leader, mm-hmm. to say, you know what, I am going to lead right. by example. And right. if there's other subs that are around, I can say, you know what, I'm just going to lead by example. Yeah. And people, people are watching. I know. You know, I mean... I I notice when someone's kind mm-hmm. and I notice when somebody's not. Right. You know? Absolutely. I, I, I really do. And and you know, does it does it, you know, change my life? Not necessarily, but I think there's a part of me that if I see that person again and um I'll remember, you know, that that person was really super nice the other day or that person wasn't, you know. Well, yeah, and I think about I think about ways that some of the leaders that I've worked for have um have treated me or other people in times of conflict. Mm-hmm. So I remember one time I had um, an, a little bit of a conflict with someone in the theater community. And, you know, the, the man who's the head of the theater community, his name is Dan Pisano. I'm just going to give a shout out because he, Yay, is, Dan. he is incredible. He's one of the, he's one of the best. He is, he is, for me, the best leader under whom I've ever worked. Mm-hmm. You know, he, is, he he's, has led. He's, he's who yelled at me. Is he? <laughs> he yelled at you, you in know, a good way. But here's the here's the deal: <laughs> is that he leads with his head because he knows what's happening. Yep. He leads with his heart. He genuinely cares. He really does. He genuinely cares. He leads with his hands. Yeah. He gets he gets down and he gets dirty yep. and he builds the sets and he doesn't just point fingers and tell other people to do what you know what he's 
not going to do. Right. He does what he asks everyone else to do yeah. as well. And so I remember I had this little conflict and he, boy, he just stepped right in. He, you know, he oversaw the kind of, you know, coming together and everything was good because I was validated. The other person was validated. And he and, was able to and mediate. He, well, yeah, and validate. And validate, And yeah. just validate and help us to see the bigger picture. Yeah. And that was incredible. That was incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, now fast forward a couple of years and just recently in the last year and a half or so, I had a little um, encounter at a school site that I was at. And it was not something I did. It was something that this other person did came after me about. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The details don't matter. What does matter is that when I talked with my boss about it, who, by the way, I have not seen in person since I was hired six years ago. Oh, wow. She said to me, you just need to understand, Liz, nobody here is your friend. Wow. And I I think that for me, that was, that was probably the beginning of that's an interesting thing to say yeah. and to to I guess point out at a at a work site. Yeah. <laughs> and even though I'm a sub, I've been a long-term sub. I was a I was in one site for 3 years. Mm -hmm. I was in another site for several months, you know. So to say these people are not your friends, you're you're just like that's that's a third of my day mm -hmm. that I spend with these people. Right. And you're telling me that I mean, obviously, our first priority is the students. Sure. Obviously. Sure. But beyond that, I can't count on any of these people to be my friend. See, and that's, okay, that just, that brings me back to this place. Yeah. Like, I feel like everyone is friends. Right. <laughs> you know? So is is that a leadership style? Is that a personality thing? That person who told you that? Like, is that... Is is it the goal that that nobody's it, a friend? That nobody's a friend, so that there's no interpersonal interaction and there's no potential problems. Is that that doesn't seem like a health that doesn't sound like a healthy environment to me, but on the other hand, mine could be perceived as being too friendly and too, you know, too much closeness or whatever. And right. so mine could be perceived the opposite. Yeah. And again, is that a leadership? I, I guess that would be a leadership style. I don't know. I don't know how to objectively say one's better than the I other. I know because you have one way, and right. So for you, that's better. That's, right. that's for, what for works. me. It's right. totally better. Well, you know, I heard so, I heard Brene Brown on a podcast just a, in the last few weeks talk about leadership, and she talked about leading from a place of of empathy. And if you're leading from a place of scarcity mm -hmm. or fear, mm -hmm. then you are going to project that right. onto other people. That is correct. But if you're leading from a place of fullness and appreciation and you know gratitude, then then that's going to reflect in how you lead. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she she talked about a, a an incident where she said you know there was a problem and that in within her employees and. And so she walked in and she said, okay, this is what we're going to do. Moving forward, we're going to do blah, 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 blah mm -hmm. in order to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And so all of a sudden, people were like, oh, okay. And she said they were, seemed kind of confused. So somebody said, can I just ask you a question? What exactly is the problem? 
that we're trying to solve. So here she was with this information. Right. And in her mind, she's like, well, certainly you all know what the problem is. This is how we're going to solve it. Right. But in reality, they didn't know what the problem was. was. I see. Wow. Yeah. And so when you get to a, a, as a leader, you've got to be transparent. Mm -hmm. You've got to be authentic. Mm -hmm. You can't lead people. I mean, we have a lot of fog here in the valley. When it's foggy and you can't see 50 feet in front of you. It's really not good. It's really hard to drive. So if you're driving your company and you're not allowing them to see more than 50 feet down the road, right? how can they come on board with you right. and, 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 you know, be good employees, help you reach your mission? Right. Well, and that, and that is another, was another point of that class was that, you know, what is your vision and your, and, and, you know, do does everybody around you know what your vision is? Yeah. And because if they, if it's clear, it's much easier for people to get on board and go, well, yeah. Like for me, it's like, I want, I want music to touch as many people as possible, whether or not they do it professionally or they just play in their living room with right. their kids or sing in their shower or whatever. I want music to touch as many people as possible. So that's pretty basic. Yeah. It's pretty easy. It's not a cloudy vision. It's right, like, right. So how are we going to do that? How are you going to do it? How are we going to do that? I think you genuinely care. You know, I think one of the things that Brene Brown will talk about is as being empathetic, um, being somebody who genuinely cares about your employees. If somebody's going through a difficult time, you can genuinely say, hey, I care about right. you. And I know that you're here and you've given me eight hours a day, and I appreciate it. But I also know that you're going home to something that's hard. Right. And I just want you to know that I care. And as a leader, you can't say, well, just, you know, just show up and I don't care what you're going through. Right. But you also can't say, I know that you're going through something hard, so feel free to not right. work for a few weeks. I mean, you know, you have to balance that out. Right. You know, one of the criticisms that happened when our school started to grow. So in 2016, um, when John and I decided, okay, we're going to, we're going to take this school to the next level and we're going to do some things and we're going to expand and we're going to do a build out and yeah. we're going to make it better. Yeah. And we got, we got a little bit of criticism that was like, oh, well, you guys are now so corporate. And, <laughs> and I'm thinking corporate. What does and that mean? What does that even yeah. mean? And and because we put a few policies in place, oh. so we, we put a few rules, just... You went from a family business we went, to a... We went from... I went from having a, a, a sign taped on the door that says, hey, everybody, tuition's due this week, and that sign staying on the door it, for three weeks out of the month because oh. people would... Forget. Forget, or, you know. <laughs> so we went from that to um, asking people to please go on an auto pay. Right. And yes, we'll take some checks on occasion and cash on occasion. But by and large, like 
You I'll, need to know that this income's coming in. Right. And, and, and so you need to know that your bill is paid. I mean, it's. I have rent. I have, you know, but right. so that was one thing that just like all of a sudden now I'm corporate because. Right. Because we're asking people to pay Because I'm asking bill. people to pay me on time <laughs> so that I, I'm, my rent's not late. Right. <laughs> right. You know, so it's just stuff like that, which I. Liz, I had like a really hard time with that. Like, yeah. you know, they're not gonna they're not like gonna me, like me I anymore. I want them to come back. You know, I mean, yeah. so yeah, it um again, that's just who I am yeah. is wanting there to be peace, love, hippieville. And, you know, <laughs> well, change is met with opposition 100% of the time. Right. Whenever you change, right. people are going to oppose that. Right. You know, so um, being a good, so I want, I want, as I, as, as you get older, you're just like, okay, this is, this is what I want. And this is what I want for me. Yeah. I want to be in, a, in an environment where I'm not just allowed to just willy-nilly do whatever I want, but I want to be appreciated for what I bring to the table, Mm -hmm. even if that's just something small, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, if I change four diapers a day, I don't need applause. I don't need to be, you know, thanked for that because that's my job. But at the same time, I want, as a sub, going in and changing the diaper of a child I've never met before can be a little bit dangerous because you don't know what, especially these kids with special needs, you might end up just getting, you know, hit over the head or bit. I've been bit. And because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, sorry, I meant to tell you that when you do this, they get anxious. And I'm like, yeah, that would have been good to know. But <laughs> those oh, are the kinds of things I just, I just want to be in an environment where I am appreciated. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be. I hear you. Anything, anything other than just. I don't need to tell you. You are the best N- not diaper at all. changer. Not at oh all. Oh my god! <laughs> you should teach a seminar. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. But I'm telling you, if you're if you're a leader who appreciates people, you're going to say, "Hey, here's a mm-hmm. piece of information that I want you to know before yeah. you go in and do this." Right. Right. Because I respect you and I'm glad that you're here. Right. And the same thing can can happen um, no matter what you're leading, whether you're the director of a show or running a music studio or the president of the United States, you know, just showing some respect um, for the people that are in your employee and Mm -hmm. and appreciate their differences. You know, we're almost out of time here, but but I'm having one other thought about about I'll say a leader. So years ago. I used to be what they call a runner. I I worked for a place called Celebration Concerts, which was a huge, huge Christian music um, concert promoter. Okay. And um, the the gentleman who hired me was a great guy. His name was John. Um, And I don't even know if they're still... But he would bring Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith and all those big artists in the 90s right. to, you know, the big venues here in town, Petra and, oh, yeah. um, you know, um, the Newsboys and all those, all those big, huge Christian bands. Such a flashback I'm having of the 90s. And DC Talk. DC Talk. I DC, love you know. DC Talk. So I Carmen. was... Carmen. Yeah. Yeah, who he passed away. He did just I recently. Yeah. Um, so... 
he, when when one of those groups would come to Fresno, I would always get a phone call and I got to be what they call a runner. Okay. So the a runner is a person who runs around and does errands for either the people on 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 the crew or for the actual artists. artists and, stuff, yeah. and um you're the one who went and gathered up all the green M&Ms. I was that person. <laughs> to make sure that their writer I, was. <laughs> I totally was. That's awesome. <laughs> and there were, I'll say with the exception of one band, and that's what made me think of this, pretty much all of those huge artists mm-hmm. always said thank you to me. Mm-hmm. With the exception of one, which I'm not going to mention any names, but right. it wasn't a, a single artist. It was a band. Yeah. And um, they actually got mad at me because I didn't get half and half. I got um, like a non-dairy creamer because all it said on the sheet, because I had to go to the grocery store, right. was creamer. So to me, that that's not half and half. No. That's non-dairy creamer. Right. So right. that's what I got. Just and and I got I got yelled at. And but <laughs> but goodness. all for the years and years that I did that, all, I mean, Amy Grant yeah, yeah. said, hey, thanks for helping, yeah. you know, and and I, all, I, I did take note of that because mm-hmm. at the time, none of them knew, but I, I was on that path. I wanted to be Amy Grant. Right. And right. I took note of that and I'm like, if I ever get to be Amy you know, Grant, Amy Grant yeah. and so even now, you know, here in Fresno, and I do a little gig. If it's, I really do try to say thank you right. to like the sound guys and to the the people who are helping. Right. You know, because they don't get recognized. Let me tell you what a thank you goes so you know far. And it's so yeah. So that's just that made me think of. I mean, they're in a leadership role and they're saying thank you to the you know little peon runner who's right. getting their coffee. But <laughs> I used to do a lot of extra work down in Hollywood, and, and the people that treated us the kindest were the, the bigger stars. Yeah. The ones in the smaller little movies and stuff, they were the ones who were bigger divas. Um, but I, I do think that thank you goes a mm-hmm. long way. Well, so. there, there's a humility, and, in, in, you know, it's like they recognize that they're in a really cool position, and they want to, I mean, I just, I appreciated that. So I, I really do try to be that kind of leader here. I try to tell people, thank you and check on them and you know, all that. So, and if we're having a bad day, we don't need to take it out on the people that are in our employee or no. that are around us, you know, and if they're having a bad day, a, a little bit of empathy. I remember one time saying, you need to just leave all your personal problems at the door. I don't yeah. want to hear anything about anything, yeah. you know? And I just thought, okay, I'm, I'm getting my job done, but a little bit of an, I'm sorry that you're going through that yeah. really helps me to get right. my job done, right. you know, and that's, and that's true for all of us. Yeah. Well, and, and I want to be the kind of boss that I'm approachable so that if they are having an issue, they don't feel all intimidated and they feel like they could come to me and confide in me and let me know what's going on, right. which many, many of them have done that yeah. in, at different points. So um, leadership is tricky. But I think knowing who you are is and knowing your core values is kind of the beginning of the, the that journey of, okay, I'm going to operate out of my core so that it's, it's so much easier to make decisions when you're doing that. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. 
Well, yeah. I'm glad you're a good leader. I try, I'm Liz. I'm glad you're I'm, a good I try. Um, co-podcaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is so much fun it is to so much sit fun. and talk with you. And yeah, thank <sighs> you for thank you for doing that. Thank yeah. you for giving us the space and for uh, leading. And look, you guys can't see in our, but we have these little skeletons that are hanging here. It's very cute. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> dancing with skeletons. I don't know if you can see right back there. There's a little skeleton. A little, there's a little bag of bones. There's a little skeleton right? Yeah, if anybody's, yeah, I know those of you watching, uh, listening on podcasts are like, what are they doing? Um, we have little skeleton parts that mm-hmm. are uh, mm-hmm. lying around this office to remind us of what we're doing, of what we're doing, and of our core value, exactly. and of and of what we want to, because we want to be leaders. We want to we be want leaders. To, we want to change the world with good thoughts and love. Exactly, and we just want you to know that whatever's gone on in your past, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You are exactly where you're supposed to be, right here, right now. That's right. You are exactly where you're supposed to be, and right. we love you and appreciate yes, you. Yes, we do. All right, you guys have a good day. Bye.